here we are with the post-game interview. We had a fun NA Friday night event. The first map was on Schoolhouse Ridge. The Union came in clutch and won at the very last couple seconds of the game while in last stand. And then on second round, we had Harper's Ferry Graveyard where the Union was doing a decisive job, but then had a lot of Rambos in the middle charge that what I think caused them to lose. So we have a post-game interview to talk about strategy and more with a lot of the leaders of tonight. So we're going to go through and introduce everyone, starting with the Union players tonight. Starting with the Union, we have Gustav. I'm Gustav. I'm cool. All right. Thank you. Um, next, we have Ninja. Um, Ninja from PA, Aaron Abu. Thank you. Uh, next, we have Whisper. Whisper, Corporal from the Ninth Corps. Thank you. And then we have Brutish Virus. Yo, what's up, boys? This is Brutish Virus coming at you for the Ninth Corps. And then, last but not least, we have Tommy. Corporal 51st Pennsylvania, subunit of the Glorious Ninth Corps. Sweet. So those are our USA representatives now representing us from the CSA tonight. We have that one guy. Hey, I'm the captain of the, one of the captains of the 13th Georgia. Thank you. Next, we have Rolo. Hey, guys. I am the other captain for the 13th Georgia, commander of the infantry. Sweet. So also from the CSA, we have Shanks. Uh, I'm Shanks. I, yeah, I'm in RD for his division. So, yeah, with our announcer team tonight, we have myself as Guardian Eagle. Um, we also have Corded. Hey, I'm Corded. I'm the captain in 6th Louisiana, part of 2nd Corps. And then our other announcer tonight was Vastal. Hello. All right, cool. Thank you all for introducing yourselves. With that being said, let's start with the first round on Schoolhouse Ridge. Uh, CSA was attacking. They did lose the round, but we're going to start with them any race. Uh, CSA, what was your strategy going into the round, and how did you react to the ever-changing battlefield? So our our strat going into it was uh, we were going to do a huge massive push to the right, control the tree of life. It's like a tree that's just randomly in the middle next to a corner, snake fence, and then kind of be like a piston moving in and out. That's what Hoods was going to do. And then the other regiments, 13 Georgia, 65th Illinois, and I uh, forget what talk, uh, Shenandoah sharpshooters were going to be on the left, kind of being in skirmish formation in the forest, moving in and out. And yeah, that's kind of our whole strat. Uh, on the right side, we did hold actually pretty well. Uh, Hood's division, I don't know how they were on point. And they were just like, they were on that road just getting shot a little bit heck, but they were still there. I guess that comes with numbers. But yeah, the left side, I wasn't leading, but my other Captain Merlo was. So I'll let him talk about our strat and what he was thinking. Yeah, so the 13th on the left side, we were kind of just coming in behind the Yankees. So every time the Yankees was pushed towards point to engage uh, Hoods, us and the other guys, we would push in behind them. And uh, it was kind of successful. We did get wiped a couple of times, but we did manage to take usually at least a regiment or two of Yankees with us every time. And it knocked the Yankees down in, uh, the stages quite fast. Um, unfortunately, the Yankees just managed to recapture point a couple of times and uh, recover their tickets. Um, and then I feel like right at the end, we just kind of... I was honestly really confident in the victory. It was just that final push was just... The timer was so short. I just really was not expecting it to be you know just over a minute for that final push. Um, and I think that was the Yankees just managed to steal it from us. 
All right. Um, any view from the artillery, uh, Shanks? Uh, basically, we're just trying to pound them to support our infantry and make their charges a little bit easier whenever they were going to go engage with the Union. All right, cool. Now we'll move on to the USA who was defending. Uh, what was your guys' strategy going into the round, and how did you react to the ever-changing battlefield? Somebody? From what I understood, our overall strategy from coordination was to uh, play it slow at the beginning and just slowly kind of squeeze the ribs off a point, bleed them through with tickets. Uh, that didn't exactly uh, end up being what happened. We ended up playing a lot more aggressive. Uh, our unit, 51st Pennsylvania, we, we didn't have very high numbers tonight, so we were kept uh, bouncing back and forth uh, around the field, just really reinforcing wherever needed about 10 extra rifles. Uh, that was the idea in Cord was to just sit back and kind of turtle over to the Union right-hand side and uh, let them cap point and use the, the swung ticket advantage um, after they cap to, uh, to kill them and then recap. So we took it took us two charges the first time, but that took a lot of their tickets down uh, while they're in defending. Um, and then we take it back, and we had a good ticket lead for basically the entire round. Uh, so we just played more aggressively. Any other comments from the Union? My regiment, not New York, was farthest right of the Union line, just volleying straight in point most of the game. I think we did some damage. Very well played from the Rebs, by the way. That was a close one. Yeah, it was. it was nice that it was real close. It was good that we were able to rally the troops and get them actually off of point and push them towards the CSA main spawn at the end. Cause if we were to let them get back onto point, then they would start in overtime and that would be very bad for us on last stand. So it was, it was actually super important that we did that. Yeah. Whoever, whoever was on that point at the end there, that was just a fantastic hold, like just fantastic. I will say this, the rev already had like impeccable aim. Yeah, really yeah, y'all best y'all messed us up. <laughs> I'm not, not sure not I've ever sure. died for Marty that many times before. Same. I died a lot tonight. Yeah, that second schoolhouse or uh, graveyard especially, I died like 20 times tonight. Dude, I died eight times alone. I was on, I'm on attacking, but I died eight times. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was a lot of fun, though. Indeed, I would agree, especially from the overview. I was very surprised Union won, especially with early cap, because usually that that heavily fares the attackers. Um, yeah. It sure. does if the Union just sits back and like does a shootout, but we actually got into them with melee two times, two full times. We almost wiped them the first time, and then we did full wipe them the second time. And when they own the point, they're defenders, so they have less tickets. So that, that swung it uh, pretty good in our favor uh, by getting two full charges um, as the attackers.
So with that being said, let us move on to the second round now. So uh, Harper's Ferry, Graveyard, CSA was attacking. We'll start with them. What was your guys' strategy to the round, and how did you react to the ever-changing battlefield? So our main strat was uh, to have just a small group on the left, Hood's kind of more in the middle right, and then us 13th all the way down by the road on there ready to flank and move and just kind of move in like a swinging door in that way. But as the battle went on, uh, Union kept putting down skirmishers. I, even, I didn't know this at the time, but they put skirmishers all the way down to the forest, to the low road, so they could shoot us in the back on those rocks where there's like no protection. But we kept going, kept flanking. Uh, finally, uh, I told, and this is kind of from my perspective, Hood's division to go full right, full send, everybody they had, and then 65th and then uh, 13th to kind of go left, kind of surprise them a little bit, just to kind of shake things up. Because from my perspective, Union was kind of more in the middle. They were adapting quickly. It was amazing how you guys kept coming one side to the other, and that's what you kind of do on Harper's. But you guys freaking did amazingly. I executed it to perfection, I thought. But towards the end, we finally just whittled you guys down enough to last stand. That's how we won it. That had to be Rambo's because we were so far ahead the entire time. So Until... during during one of the middle charges, Union kept trickling. So the CSA wouldn't charge all in to the Union. They would hold on the cornerstone wall. Um, and Union kept trickling in guys over and over again, probably for a good That's... two, three minutes. We kept seeing people trickling and die. That had um, to be it because we went from taking losses to breaking in about three minutes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. It could have been because maybe we already won the first map and guys were a little cocky because we were so far ahead on tickets. Um, or it could have just been, you know, disorganized, you know, trickling in. Like you say, it's probably what it was if you were watching it. It had to be out of liners because it was so fast. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Ninja, we, we did find, uh, like, we were, the 13th pushed on the right at one point and we did find quite a lot of Rambos and just, like, the bushes and stuff just trying to take pot shots at the, the Stonewall. Yeah. Um, so there was probably quite a lot of outline tickets for the union, but I, I just want to reiterate what that one guy said. You guys did so well, kind of moving left to right, holding every time we charged that we kind of had to mix it up because your your coordination was on point. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. Actually, yeah. You you go first. Like knife to York was moving back and forth from left to right constantly, but yeah, it's good to hear that it was actually effective. Yeah, we always felt like we had good. We were far left. We we had good backup the whole time. Um, I actually feel like from a Union side that we played the second map way better than we played the first map um, until that that point. Uh, we just happened to win the first one and lose the second one um, right until, you know, we got to breaking. We played that, like you said, like literally perfectly. It was really good and, and still fun even though we lost. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I thought uh, we played the second map really well. Uh, Ninth Corps was kind of holding down the right flank. Uh, we pushed a small skirmish force across the road into those rocks, and we spent most of the game just pouring it in down the road, into the bushes down the road, and right across the graveyard. Um, that and manically shifting left and right. Um, spent a lot of the game in transit from one side to the other, um, just because we kept having to shift, because the revs, we never really knew where they were going to hit us. Um, but from the Union standpoint, that's a pretty straightforward map. You just hold and don't let them cap. I just think we kind of let it get away from us towards the end of the game. 
Yeah, I was a part of that small skirmishing force on the other side of the road, and I saw one of the officers leading a line coming towards the right side, and we'd always shoot the officer down first before anybody else noticed that we were over there. I'm not sure who was the officer, but I felt bad for him every time he led that line. That was me, a whole <laughs> We got one of those once, and it was absolutely hilarious. I'm sitting there running, and I like see you guys, and I'm telling my guys, get the ramp, he's going to kill me. I'd fall, and I'm just like, crap. I died four times yeah. to you guys. It was and just insane. I charged, and I die. I'm just like, crap. I'm stuck on the loading screen. Two of those times was from me. If it helps, one of your guys' snipers just absolutely domed our regimental adjutant right in the head. <laughs> yeah, I got sniped. I got sniped a few times too, standing behind the stone wall on the right side. Yeah, there's nowhere really you can stand that is uh, safe for Marty because uh, from French here, that's covering the right, uh, the left side from the CSA point of view, uh, and then Manley's battery that's covering the right side. So the only question I did have was for artillery. So in terms of infantry, there were even numbers. CSA had 14 on artillery. Union were playing basically a perfect game up until they were trickling in Rambos. Um, do you think that having so many men on artillery could have been a detriment to CSA charges throughout the game? Because that's uh, one thing I was possibly thinking. I don't know. Artillery wasn't really effective till the end of the game. And even then, they would hit a shot and maybe get three or four kills. Potentially, but uh, I do think that a couple more guys wouldn't mean that much more than loading the guns faster. Uh, you'd probably maybe like four more kills in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I'm you. Know, I was I'm the already officer for Thirteenth, and I that's one of my favorite maps to play on already, especially on the French, because if Artie's on point, we can hit almost all the way. We, we could possibly hit their spawn. That's kind of a moral issue. We don't, but we can decimate that whole stone wall because it's plain as day. And sometimes shots kind of fall. Sometimes they don't. I know for French, we're shooting over 700, almost 800 yards. And even with binos, it's hard to even see like the stone wall. So you have to have a very good experienced officer to see that far, at least. And yeah, Hoods, you, you guys freaking just... Uh, there was a couple shots where it was close to us, and I know you had some Union right right above us. Your shots were really nice and scalpeled. I would agree. Uh, if, you're, if you're good enough to wipe an entire side and then blast them in their main spawn with Artie, uh, you should go right ahead and do that. There's, you should not have any kind of moral problem with that, in my opinion. Yeah, on the first map, our Artie was almost useless because of how much they were getting pounded on the graveyard map we already felt like they were such a threat on the first time we played you guys that uh you guys were just hammering them to keeping the arty away from the wall until finally you decided to switch to the wall it's uh we ran out of ammo on that map actually which is pretty rare to do holy so. crap <laughs> yeah there was that so was much like godsend for us <laughs> they are pounded that left side that was that was insane I felt like Artie was right on top of us the entire time, both maps. That's how yeah. it felt. So, completely agree. Reb, Reb artillery was super effective on both maps. Uh, 
especially the ninth gore holding down the right. I feel felt like most of our casualties were just coming from just getting sniped by artillery. So I feel like also we had great arty on schoolhouse. Yes, I saw. I agree. Yeah, really yeah, we did. So One thing, them, them lads. I might have that bias too against artillery because from up top it's like, oh, there's only three or four kills. But then again, it suppresses people a lot, and we don't notice that from above. So there might be that as well that I'm not thinking. It's about. also awesome. It causes lines to shift. They don't necessarily know how many died, you know, on ground level. It could just be like, holy shit, already just hit us right here. We have to move. Like, it could just right. be like a zoning thing. That's true. Yeah. That's a big factor. It's like, as an officer, you're always thinking about, even if you're not under attack, it's always the threat of it. It's always like, hey, we've been standing here for yeah. two minutes. The RD's like really, you know, aiming at us. It's going to hit us any second. We need to move. You're like having extra things to think yeah, about because I can't it's just a. sit there and risk losing just one or maybe the whole line. Definitely. So with all that out of the way, um, Vastel recorded. Did you guys have any questions? Yeah, I've got a few already questions. So I noticed on the first map, mostly, that when you run out of ammo, you switch to canister. And in my opinion, I don't think that's going to have enough of an enough of an effect um, than having those already guys just move up and be extra bodies on point. Or, uh -huh. or we we don't really use canister, so I, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't. I think we just left all of the canister and went uh, up to help infantry on point. So yeah, that was uh, thirteen Georgia battery. We used as much uh, as much uh, as ammo as we can. We do practice with canister shooting long range. The canister is really only effective like to kill people around three hundred yards, but even then being Shiv, in my experience, even again being blown by canister, it sounds like bullets whizzing by. So it sounds like there's a whole line or somebody shooting at you. So even if it doesn't affect the officer, it would affect the average soldier hearing I that would, whistle by and be like, "What the frick?" It, it. I would like to add to that a uh, comment for um, the 13th Georgia. Uh, I actually saw some of the pellets hit the fence right next to me as I was leading the line, and that made me go, "Huh, maybe they can hit me from here." <laughs> Also, another thing is CSA was very close to that point. This is just more of a comment, but a lot of those canister shots were eerily close to the CSA lines because of how close they were. That's just a comment, but not you know. close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, at least for the lightning battery, we practice on the canister. We have like our own little marksmanship badge for it to practice with canister, and most of like. Most of our officers, that's kind of what we primarily train on in the drill camp, is with canister because it's actually super hard to use sometimes at the longer ranges. In my opinion, at least, I struggle with it. My uh, second in command does really well with canister and he shoots really well. Okay, I have another question about artillery. So you were talking about earlier about about having about the problem of lines shifting before you can get your shot off so how come you don't just switch to artillery volleys so have everyone aim at this one line that's been standing there forever and then get as much damage as you can on them before they start to move 
because once they hit, because if it's on independent fire, like it's been the past two games that we saw, you're hitting them once. And then now they're immediately going to start thinking about moving. And the second shot, they're most likely out of there at that point. So it's really hard to correct shots uh, when everybody fires at the same time because you won't know which cannon fired from uh, fired which shot. So we try to correct them, and if they can get a second shot, it'll most likely be on target. Okay. Um, I I just don't believe that you can get a second shot off very quickly. Unless you're having to sacrifice having a bunch of guys in artillery. Well, it depends on the like the battery. If you have a bunch of recruits, maybe like guys are new, and then even in a pub match, maybe it is difficult to get that second shot. But if you have veterans like Hood's division, I was seeing they were firing off fairly quickly, and I'm I mean it was on par with some of the best batteries I've seen in the game. It felt like that on the field too. From what yeah, I so was, that they were pretty close. They weren't yeah. an exact volley, but they were, you know, one and then two pretty quick in, in succession. Yeah, so if you have a well-oiled, like, arty crew of three guys, you could get a shot almost every 45 seconds. Like, oh, that's ideal, in my opinion, is 45 seconds to a minute, get a shot off, and that may be time to move, but in that time that you're loading and moving and aiming, the officer's giving you corrections to move it over, and you can adjust and wait for them to stop and get that second shot. I think the average time for the cannon that I was on uh, for firing and then being ready to fire again was like 30 seconds, so pretty quick. It's, it's, it can be intense sometimes on artillery. Even though we're far away from the battle, getting those shots off could really change the course of a battle. Yeah. All right. Yeah, One more question about yeah. artillery. Go ahead. How much cordon... Yeah. Uh, how much coordination do you do with the infantry as far as timing? Uh, like, like the infantry is going to charge, and then you're going to, you know, hit 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 the Union right before your friendlies get there. Um, for for me, when I'm leading artillery, uh, I usually like being an officer chat because those binoculars from a bird's eye view can see like yeah you guys when you guys are watching in the spectator you can see a lot more than what the ground officers are seeing and with that i'll be like okay you got a unit moving this way moving that way and the corresponding regiments would know where what's going on see what's kind of in front of them but with kind of doing charges uh usually you try to do a big uh, big hit before a big charge i try to do that actually on the second map on the left with my own battery coordinating with them saying okay you're going to smack that left and then we're going to start charging down to at least get that going it wasn't very successful in my opinion on that one charge but it was at least trying to do something to switch it up so on the second map uh when i think csa went into final push uh we were going they were going to charge on the right side i believe and so all four of the cannons on manley's battery fired just before they uh charged them and so I, I'm pretty sure that probably weakened them uh, quite a bit. All right. Um, you have any questions, Vastel? 
Unfortunately, my main question uh, would have been for the 10th US, and uh, they don't have a representative here at the moment, uh, which is a shame. Uh, the question would have been to, to do with the first round about them, you know, fanning out constantly um, beyond the snake fence on that uh, right side for the Union and spreading out that long, thin line of skirmishing. I was mainly going to ask what that was about and what was their goal with that. Um, I guess I do have a question for 13th, uh, and that would be with the first round uh, and all your pushes to the left, were you aware that you were almost always outnumbered during your charges? Uh, yeah, so we were almost always outnumbered, but yeah, we, we were kind of doing it more for the big picture. So we were kind of coordinating that with the other regiments. So as we went left and uh, before we charged, I would tell the other officers, hey, 13th is charging now. And then that, that way they would know that there is less Yankees on point and that the right side is weaker. And then mm -hmm. hoods were coordinating with us. So like, even if we got wiped, which did happen a couple of times, hoods would then manage to take the point and cap the point because the Yankees, you know, the Yankees had two regiments fighting us rather than fighting the three regiments that were on point. Yes. Um, so it was more, it was more for the bigger picture. And, you know, I feel like in all the engagements, we kind of, we at least even the balance, you know, even if the 13th got wiped, we at least took a regiment with us kind of every time. Um, so even if we died, it was kind of, a fair trade which on a map where you're attacking is not a bad thing um but yeah it was more it was more for the bigger picture and uh we're very confident in melee uh my guys are very very confident in melee so even if we're outnumbered it's not like a necessarily an, an intimidation to us and uh i feel like all in all it went okay I, uh the first match generally i was i was very confident in the win i was very very confident in the win and i feel like the whole csa once the yankees went to breaking the whole CSA just got a little bit too relaxed. Everyone was kind of just like, oh, this is in the bag. And everyone just kind of started relaxing, doing their own thing, not really caring. It was Everyone was just so confident in the win. And that might have been one of the uh, contributions that cost us the match, I guess. All right. Um, one thing I would notice though, is that um, I would say, uh, you said you're talking about the big picture and that uh, you're possibly going equal with all those traits. I would disagree and say that perhaps you were negatively traded every uh, melee you got into due to the fact that whenever your guys, you know, drop below, uh, you know, six, they're now all in skirmishing. Meanwhile, the people that you're fighting in melee still have quite a lot of guys, and a few of the people that you're still killing are still in formation. And tickets-wise, you end up trading negatively because you're having guys now cost three tickets apiece rather than one. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'll, I'll have to watch the video back again. I guess from, from my perspective on the ground, it looked like we're killing a lot of Yankees with every melee that we got into. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we didn't. I'll have to watch the video I, back. I'd recommend uh, doing that. You can see from some of your charges that uh, you have guys that... One thing I've noticed is that people, whenever they charge and the charge fails, they want to run away. You don't want to do that. You, know, you want to get in there and stab, stab, stab and die quickly. Because if you don't die quickly, then you die even worse out of line. And there's a few times where your guys, you know, started walking away, but then came back and died out of line. Yeah, I guess I'll have to watch the video. Um, from from my perspective, it, you know, even if even if worst case scenario we got a couple of out of line tickets, if it meant pulling the Yankees off point and allowing the CSA to cap, uh, in the grand scheme of things, I guess it was worth it from my perspective. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll definitely watch the video back. 
I wonder if the CSA would have won the first round because towards the end, when it was breaking, breaking, 13th Georgia went on the far Union right, far CSA left, and pulled the whole 10th U.S. off. I wondered if the rest of the CSA team charged when 13th was engaging the 10th if uh, CSA would have won, but we'll never know. So, Anyone have any more comments for anybody before called off for the night? Well played from everybody tonight. Those were uh, two of the most fun matches I've had in a long time. That's yes. A lot of that. That was GG's. A lot of GG's, times, everybody. Guys. Well played. Very close. Yeah, yeah GG, guys. guys. Yeah, all my guys had a blast with that. That was super fun. Oh, everybody in the 51st was just ecstatic about the entire game. Yeah, we had a we had a lot of new guys in our line tonight, so I'm I'm glad that uh, some of the people that we had it where it was their first ever event, they got two such fun games. Excellent, hell yeah, that's excellent. All right, I gotta go. See you guys. Yeah. With that being said, please like, comment, share, subscribe. For more, join our Discord, especially if you want to be a frontline reporter or announcer. We'd be glad to have you on. Everyone that participated in this post-game interview will have a social media link in the description if they want one there. On top of that, all the regiments that participated will also have a social media link to join their Discord. Join them. Lots of fun. Best time of my life. And, yeah, with that being said, we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a good night. And cue the music.